With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You awake over there? Why you ask me that? Are you oh, just making sure you're you're you know that we're we're recording and we're ready to go? <clears throat> for for everyone listening, this is episode 184. Craig has a lot of questions today. I wouldn't say you're heated though. No, not at all. Wouldn't say you're heated. It's not heat. It's just curiosity with a little bit of uh pep to it. But you know what? Before we get into that, I'm gonna tell you something that happened over the weekend. And it's a it's a small thing. It's a small thing, but the, it's it's like it's I just got I I wasn't angry. I was I was just like, what a what an idiot this person is. Okay. So I'm driving down the QEW. Queen Elizabeth Way, for those of you in the United in the United States that don't know what it is, it's a three lane highway, and it's about, and the speed limit is about, uh, it's 110 kilometers, so that's about what 65 miles per hour. Yep. Right, and and it's like, and they call it the Canadian Autobahn, the German uh, highway there, where you can drive. There's no speed limit, so it's you know, it's like there's there's a speed limit, but within reason, right? So. I'm driving, I'm in the left-hand lane and I'm I'm cruising and there's no one really on the highway. And I'm going I'm going about 1 what about 120 125 which you're not getting pulled over kilometers. kilometers so 75 miles per hour about. Yeah. And you're not getting pulled not over. Not too bad at all. No. You're not getting pulled over for that at all. Now I I start approaching this car and it's I got about 100 meters on uh till I get to it, right? And I'm coming up and I'm in clearly closing on the car. So what's the car supposed to do? There's three lanes and there's no one in the middle lane, no one in the, in the right lane. I'm in the left lane. They call it the fast lane. What's the car supposed to do? Pull over. Just get over, right? Yep. Get over, let the person through. Yep. So I, I get up, I'm closing and closing and I'm, I'm not being a dick about it. Like I'm not like riding the person. I just was like, okay, they're not getting over because they should have got over sooner. So I get over to the middle lane and I'm clearly going to pass them. Okay. And there's a car, probably another hundred meters ahead of me now in the middle lane. So I get over to the middle lane and I'm closing on the person to the left lane. And then I'm going to get in front of them and continue on my way. Well, what do they do? What do they do when I get over and start to start to get closer to them on the side? What do they do? What does any asshole do? They pull over also. No, they speed up. Okay. Okay. So they speed up. So now, now I'm driving in the middle lane, passing this person and they gun it because their ego is a little damaged. And now I got to go all the way over and then around and then over just just complete idiots on the road. That's all I that's all I wanted to say. Was move over if someone's closing in on you because there well, listen, no one I mean there's a lot of bad drivers out there. I tons mean tons of terrible like drivers. You you can it, it's almost like you know, I've I, I drive in the highways a lot, just like everybody else does. And and there's a tremendous amount of people out there. And I mean a tremendous amount of people out there that I don't think truly understand 
that when you're in the left lane, that it's 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 considered the the fast lane. And then you have these people that are driving basically, you know, like they should be in the far right lane, which is, I, I think, a slower lane or a lane that you would verge off um, to get off the highway. But I mean, you know, listen, I mean, there's a lot worse things in our lives to worry about someone who will not pull over. Strongly the disagree lane. with you. There's yeah, nothing. Okay. There might not be anything worse than a bad right. driver. Well, I feel I feel bad for you then if that's going <laughs> to uh, ruin your day, uh, because some poor person um, who maybe is not nearly as capable as you driving will not pull over into the middle lane. Then God here's forbid. all I have to say to that person. Get the fuck over. But anyway, one of the things I heard when I was driving, which was one of the other things I was trying to get to, was that Jacob Chikrin is on the trade market in the NHL from the okay, Arizona. We've heard Coyotes. that for like literally ever. I didn't know that this was new news. Can't trade a guy who's uh, injured, which he's been like, like literally injured the entire year, just like every other year. So can't trade a guy who's injured, right? So what? But he's other- back. Yeah. So the other point of that story about the highway was that after I heard the news about Jacob Chikrin uh, being on the market and certain teams that are maybe interested in him, I called someone that I know that works for the Arizona Coyotes. And they answered. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't expect to get to, get to you right now. And he's like, oh, I'm free. What's going on? And I said, uh, hey, I heard Jacob Chikrin's on the move. Maybe I heard Buffalo might be in on him is one of the teams that is reportedly in on him. And he said, haven't heard much on Chikrin lately, but I don't get that. I don't get the fit in Buffalo with two good young D who will take all the PP minutes. But I do know that Buffalo and Arizona had some high level talks at the draft. Yeah. So that's all I can give you. Well, that's so he doesn't necessarily think that Chikrin is a fit for the Buffalo Sabres, but he did say that Buffalo and Arizona had some talks at the draft, some, you think some high-level talks. I don't know because I, I instantly went to the Sabres uh, defense pairings, and I think, can we say, and you know what I never do around here, Riv, is I never, ever point out areas where I'm right a long time ago, but I believe years ago I said that they should move Darlene to the right side. Because that was his natural side. Or maybe we both did. And I just want credit for it. But you got a left-hand shot playing the right side. You got Samuelson, who's a left shot, playing with him. Then you have your other left-hand shot, Power, on the next pair. Then your next left-side defenseman is Fitzgerald. So I don't know where Chikrin would fit. At least that's what Daily Faceoff said yesterday. So that was that's when I went and looked at all this. So... Then you have Fitzgerald or Bryson um, as your as your left. I don't know where he fits. I, I don't know what he is because I. I mean, I know he's big. I know he's not well, physical. Six two. He's two hundred twenty pounds. Um, I remember. Uh, you know, we both were at the um, draft, his draft year, and we we interviewed him, and he is he was a man. Like I mean, a full blown uh, man. When he was when he was eighteen years old, do you remember that? Yeah, he was a freak of nature. I remember his arms and his shoulders and his legs. He was just he looked like he looked like a full blown twenty. Well, look at his picture man. now. I mean, he's he's twenty four. Look at him, like he, yep, 
there was lots of talk about Jacob Trickman actually uh, becoming a, a saber at that time. They chose to go in a different direction. Um, that being said, we're we're back to Jacob Trick Chickren's name has been on the trade blocks for how many years now? It seems like it's been a solid two years that Arizona has been looking to move move on from Jacob Chickren. And I, I I guess my my first question would be why is a rebuild team wanting to move a defenseman that's 24 years old is that a red flag for you i've i've read some articles that arizona right now is looking for two first round draft picks a prospect and and possibly you know uh, a player like a like a rostered player for a guy who's hurt all the time okay all the time as a stretch, but he's been hurt a lot. He went into his draft year hurt. That was one of the reasons why his stock fell, because at the start of that NHL draft year in 2016, Chickren was the number one defenseman in the draft for almost the entire year. Well, at least at the start of the year. And then he got hurt with, I think, a shoulder injury. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. A, I mean, he's had uh, he's had an insanely long list of of injuries. You know, right from the first year that he came into the league in 2016-17, he hasn't, the most games he's played in a season has been 68. 68, 50, 53, 63, 56, 47. One of them this was a year COVID he's year played too, right? four. Yes. So one of those, yeah, there's the, but I mean, yeah, 47 last year, 68 was in his rookie year, 50 his second year. He spent no time in the minors. This has been only NHL time. Yes. It's not like he didn't go back to World Juniors. He didn't go back to Junior. He didn't he didn't go to the minors for a conditioning stints. You know, he's been with he's been in the NHL for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years already. This is his seventh year. He's missed he's missed a lot of games. Missed a lot of games. And it's I mean, the question is why has he not been moved? Well, you can't move defensemen that are injured. So he's been injured the almost the entire season for 16, you know, 17 games. Um, he has now played four games this year. And now things are going to heat up now that he's now that he's back. The question is, what is the price tag for a player like him? Well, you just said is way too much. And and uh I mean, this is a defenseman making what four point seven six five somewhere in there. Four. Yeah, he's about four point six. Okay, four point six. So uh, here, here's a guy making four point six that you would think that if if he was going to make any team better, why wouldn't a why wouldn't a a, a contending team go and try and pick this guy up? I I don't know that there's not something wrong with him. And I, I don't mean personally, I just mean health-wise, his play, maybe there's something with, with his play, his flaws in his play. But obviously, if, if Arizona and Buffalo have had any talks in the past, I would imagine that Jacob Chickard's name was either trying to be, to quote my one of my favorite shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm, either foisted yeah. onto the Sabres. Or if the Sabres were inquiring to try to maybe bolster their roster, because we do always say fresh start for players can be 
a blessing in disguise. You know, Kevin Adams, who's who's being asked about Jacob Chikrin, I'm sure that, you know, Kevin, Kevin gave the, you know, prototypical, you know, I'm going to be talking to every team in the league and I'm going to try and make my team better. And listen, I mean, for me, it's like, I, I'm happy that they're even in these conversations, whether, whether the Sabres acquire Jacob Chikrin is one thing. I'm just happy that Kevin Adams is looking to make this team better because right now they need, they need to get better, but that's not the move they need to make though. I'm sorry. I don't think you have, you have Dolly and you have power enough said you need a different. What does that mean? What does Uh, that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? How how many of the same type we have? We say the same thing about forwards, right? You want skating, puck moving, Big, strong defenseman. Chikrin is is that player. I mean, so I'm not. Well, we can sit there and kind of debate this, and because I can literally go on both sides of this and and be Humpty Dumpty. But for the sake of the of of the discussion, I think that maybe you're on the side of like we already have Owen Power and we already have Rasmus Dahlin. Why would we need and a Yoki Haru? I mean, uh, Yoki Haru is a literally a defender. He's a defender. He's a puck moving, smooth skating, puck smooth moving defender. defender. Right? He's okay. not physical. No, um, and neither's Chikrin though, and neither's Power really, and neither is. Uh, well, you have Labushkin. Neither's uh, Bryson. The Sabers are going to go and get a six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound defenseman. I, I guess. I guess I'm looking for a different type of defenseman, like Owen Power. Is, so, who would be our top six defense if if they acquired? Jacob Chikrin. Oh, it would be Samuelson, Darlene. You have Power, Nyoki Haru, and you have you'd have Chikrin and Labushkin. Pretty, pretty damn good defense core. You have basically three offensive, and I and I and I don't even want to put um Owen Power in an offensive role, but he he skates exceptionally well. He moves up the ice exceptionally well. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to have opportunity moving forward with, with own power. So you're going to have three defenders and you're going to have three offensive guys that can skate. All, all of them can skate like this is, this is a good makeup of, of a decor. I wouldn't be giving up what they're asking for him though. I'd be pressing hard on the injuries. Well, they're looking for three pieces. They're looking for three pieces. That can be done. Okay. Can definitely be done. I mean, I would, I mean, do you know how much, do you know how much the Sabres have right now to, to make this deal work? Matt, give Matt Savoy, Victor Olofsson. Wouldn't be giving Matt Savoy. Why? Because he's the ninth overall pick. And I think that Matt Savoy is someone that they might want to, uh, hold on to for now. Okay. Coolidge, who's the other first rounder they had? They had, three, they had three first rounders. They have the other what kid about, that they. What about guys? What about guys like um, Eric Portillo? Now I know Eric Portillo is playing his cards and he's playing them right. You know he's a he's a senior this year. He's going to be um, finishing up at, at Michigan and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. He doesn't have to sign with the Sabers. He's going to be like, uh, I don't want to sign with you guys. I want to, I want to test the market. I want to put myself in the best situation possible 
instead of just signing with the Sabres where you have Uka Pekalukinen and you have, you know, the, uh, the goaltending darling and, um, and Levi, why would he sign here? He's not going to sign here, but is there an opportunity in, in, in Arizona? Does he like the opportunity that he would have in Arizona? At least you're moving, you're moving a player that is beneficial for Arizona to possibly, you know, have better discussions with and, and sign long-term. Um, there's so much that the Sabres have talk about, uh, Johnson. And, and I, I mean, he's been traded like 50 times here by both you and I, California I'm not saying kid. he's a bad defenseman. He's not, he's, he's a solid puck moving defenseman, but we have also has our core of young defensemen moving forward. Is he a guy that can be moved? Well, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think conversations went very well with him in the off season with him or, uh, Portillo's camps in terms of, uh, signing here. I mean, I, I, I believe there was, a, there was a conversation about, uh, Kevin Adams meeting with Johnson, uh, at some time around the draft or prospect camp or something around there. And then there was another conversation where I thought I heard that, that, uh, Portillo's agent and Kevin Adams did not have a very good discussion about Portillo and his moving forward and moving forward with the yeah. Sabres. Do you blame if you're the agent of either one of those two young men? Do you blame them? Okay, no, you're 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 wording that question as if I had insinuated like I was blaming them. Did I insinuate no, that I was? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. I'm I was just telling you what I heard. It's a simple, simple question. Do you blame absolutely not Eric Portillo? Absolutely, who's a not. six foot six, you know, two hundred and twenty five pound goaltender that's played exceptionally well in Michigan. Okay. He's got a future ahead of him. Why would he come to Buffalo? They already have Devin Levi. They've already, every time you talk about future, you talk about goaltending, you talk about Devin Levi. You never hear anything about Eric Portillo. So why would Eric Portillo want to sign out of college and sign with the Buffalo Sabres? He's not going to. So he wants to be, he wants to be moved, but he, here's the thing. The Sabres, have waited. Well, he doesn't want to be moved. He he's he's going he's just to going to be he's an unrestricted free agent. Exactly. And he's going to be able to pick any team, just like uh, the goaltender in in um, in uh, L.A. Pedersen, Peterson. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, listen. I mean, he picked the right spot. Now Eric Partillo is going to do the same thing. He wants to be in the right spot for him to move his career forward. And if you're Ryan Johnson. Okay. Why would you ever want to sign in Buffalo when you have all of these young guys? You have Matias Samuelson, who's 22. You have Darlene, who's 22. You have Yoki Haru, who's 22. And you have Owen Power, who's 20. Why would you ever want to sign here? Yeah. He wants an opportunity. He wants to be able to play. And I don't think that there's the, the opportunity here. So he's going to make the same decision is what, you know, the per, uh, Portillo group is going to do. And they're, if they're going to sign, they're going to, they're just going to wait things out, play out their time in, in college and then, and then sign where they want to sign. Like, look at Ryan Johnson. Good for him. I, I don't want to go too far down this path, but 
he's set himself up to to choose where he's going to go, and he's had, he's had a great college career. Okay, I mean yep. he's not he's not a point producer. So if anyone's sitting there looking at his stats, saying, "Well, he only has this eight points in sixteen games," no, he's a he's a well rounded defenseman, and yeah. this is his this is his fourth year at uh, University of Minnesota. He can go wherever he wants after this. He can literally write his own ticket, and he's from and- Anaheim. I coached against him when he was playing for the Anaheim uh, Ducks in. 16U, and I think they won the national championship that year, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't it wasn't us, but I'm pretty sure they won the national championship in his 16U year with Anaheim, and that's where he's born because I think his dad, didn't his dad play there? Not 100% sure, but he's going to put himself in, in, in the, the right position. He's going to put himself in the right position. Okay. So anyway, and, these these are your pieces that you're moving for for Chikrin, is what you're saying. Well, but I don't know that Anna. I don't know that Arizona would even want that though. Yeah, oh, no, that's exactly what they want. They're right, but they're there's looking, no guarantee that they're going to sign, right? I mean, that's still the risk is that you trade Ryan Johnson's rights and no, they don't I, have any guarantee that he's going to sign there at the end of his college career. And the same goes for Portillo. So they well, you're going to have those conversations before you make the trade. You're going to have all those conversations. If, if if Portillo is in the agreement, then you're going to have Kevin Adams, who is going to allow the GM of Arizona to go and talk to Portillo's camp and say, listen, we're very interested in you. You are our future. We want to sign you. If we make this trade, will you sign with us after the season? And they will they will give them their word and say, yes, we will do that. And then, boom, the, you, you you move forward in the trade. There is so much that that the Sabres right now are dealing with, with players that are 18 to 22 years old. There is a stack of high-end players. And at what point, this is the question I have, at what point does Kevin Adams and his staff who make decisions together and give opinions and, and what direction we go, I just hope there's no uh, a whole bunch of yes men in there and just like agree with everything that's being said because right now I think this is the time to start to make the team better. I think we I I'm sure you've watched the last couple games. Like I mean watching JJ Paterka, Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn. You got a 20-year-old and two 21-year-olds on the line. I can't imagine if this line stays together, what they're going to be like in three years from now. Like, I mean, they look fantastic. They have tons of skill, tons of vision. They work hard. They're strong players. You know, you have Quinn, who's going to physically get stronger. So is JJ Paterka. So is, so is Dylan Cousins. This is is a fantastic line. The question is, how are you going to continue to build your team? There are so many players. What's going to happen with an 18-year-old Yari Coolidge or a Noah Osland or a Matt Savoy? These are three first-round draft picks. What's going to happen? Those picks were made to move to be moved. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, were they? I, I well, what I about mean, Isaac okay, Rose? If your future is on a five-nine centerman, a six-foot centerman, and a five-eleven centerman, um, and some of those players might play wing, but if your whole future is based on having a team under six feet, well, then they're staying. And I'm talking forwards because clearly they're looking at a bigger yeah. defense core. If they move for a guy like Chikrin, 
and you can put him in the lineup a six two Chikrin. And what's Labushkin? Six two? Labushkin's six two. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's and you have power who's boy. six six. Then you have you can get away with Yoki Harju at, at what five eleven, six feet, six maybe? feet, yep. Uh, and then you have obviously we know Samuelson is a is a big kid and Darlene six two six three. So I mean, if you can have a big defense core like that, I, I I still don't think you can get away with with all small forwards. But I can tell you, it certainly levels the playing field because you need to be bigger in your in your own end than you do in the offensive zone, in my opinion. And, and that's my own opinion when it comes yeah. to to the game of hockey. So so um, when we're talking about collateral, when we're talking about what we can give up. To acquire Jacob Chikrin, who clearly will make the Buffalo Sabres better right now. Okay. Number one, he he's making $4.6 million for the next three years, this year and two more, two more after. I love the idea of Jacob Chikrin at, at 4.6. I love the idea of him being in a group. He's only 24 years old. He's right in the mix. He's right in the Tage Thompson 24, the um, Alex Tuck, who's 25. He's right in that mix of players that can grow with this team moving forward. The question is, does Jacob Chikrin, who comes into this lineup, is he going to make this team better? And the answer is, hell yes, he is. Okay. Kevin Adams, his staff, Don Granato. I'm sure Don Granato would love to have some players come into this lineup that are going to make the team better. No That's- shit. They they need and they need a few, by the way. And I don't want the, like I, I would like a trade like this to not just be Jacob Chickren coming to Buffalo for three pieces going to Arizona. Why can't we make it a bigger deal? Why can't we make it, you know, where it's Casey Middlestad and Victor Olofsson going in the trade and we can have maybe a draft pick going and you get you get Chickering and then you add another piece to that, a first rounder, and you get another player. I mean, they have they have a big team there, and I think they could use uh Yes, I know exactly the player that I would want. If we could get Jacob Chickering, okay, and you're going to have to give a first-round draft pick. Well, is that is that first-round draft pick, is that going to be a Yari Coolidge? Is that going to be a Noah Osland? I'm no, not it's sure going to be, it's Sabres... going to be an un, unprotected pick this year. That's what they're no going way. to want. No. No, I'm not giving them that, that up. I'm not giving any unprotected pick. Okay? I'm not giving that up. But I will give um, players that are currently on our roster Maybe a Casey Middlestad. It's his time to may- make a move elsewhere. Maybe it's um, Rasmus Asplund. Maybe it's his time to start to make a move in a different direction. Maybe gain a bigger role in Arizona. Okay, he's a solid player, but right now we have too many players that are the same as Rasmus Asplund. Okay, Victor Olafson. He's got ten goals. He's got to have, he's got to have, and Victor Olison, I've said this 2000 times that he is a great hockey player. I just think that we here in Buffalo could use a different style of player that will help us moving forward. No offense, the player that I not, have in mind. We're not mind, getting Lawson Krause. They're not giving them to us. 
Because I know. Well, that was the guy I was going to say. That's everybody's guy. Totally took the window to my sales right now. That's everybody's um, guy. And I actually remember someone telling me that Lawson Krauss will never play in the NHL when he was drafted. 6'4, 220 pounds. he's, He's got 10 goals in 20 games. Last year, he scored 20 goals. I don't think he's a 20 goal scorer in this league. He's a 20, maybe, maybe you could get lucky in a, in a 25 goal year, but he is a nice hockey player. He plays a big, heavy game. He skates well. I mean, he's exactly what we would want on this team. He is a guy that can play a rough physical style game and stick up for his teammates. I've seen him fight in the past. He's not, it's not like he's going out there like a Nick Delorier and that's his job, but he will go out there and fight anybody in this game. Could you and imagine he, him on the wing with Dylan cousins? I mean, are you going to break no, up? The, because the I, I, I Skinner think Tuck that, Thompson, are you going to break that one up and throw him on the, on the top line there with uh, Thompson no. and Tuck? No, no, I, no so. I would. I, I think, listen, as much as I think Cage Thompson's had an, a fantastic season. Okay. I think Alex Tuck, when he plays with, with Skinner and, and, and Cage Thompson, it's just a fantastic line. They're dominant every single night. So why would you change it? Okay. I think Jeff Skinner, as much as like, I have issues with some of Jeff Skinner's game, but he's also played pretty damn good. The last couple games, ever since he He's listened to a, the show, when you tore gosh, him apart, no, no. Just, come on, I'm are you kidding me? No, no, there's no way, there's no way that uh, you're not taking any credit for that. Oh my god, I take zero credit for that. It's the ridiculous. I give you. Full, I, I, give you full I, I will say this: that Jeff Skinner, when he plays the game, not just to produce goals and assists, when he adds more on top of his game, because we all, we know we've seen Jeff Skinner throughout his entire career is a goal scorer and a point producer. You need more. You need intangibles. If you want to be a a player that helps your team make the, make the playoffs. Now, Jeff Skinner's never going to be, you know, a tough, tough guy. He's never going to be the guy who's fighting. But let me tell you, I've watched them the last couple games. He pisses people off like you, you wouldn't believe. They want to kill him. When you want to kill a person, you take bad penalties. Because he that finally is to, bringing energy. I mean, he's he needs when the he's, energy. With the year he that he scored 40 goals for the Sabres, he was full of piss and vinegar. He was running guys. He was talking to guys. He was always yapping. He was always, you know, getting his stick on guys, going to the bench and pissing guys off. And he's lost that. He lost that for a solid year and a half. We saw a little bit of it last year, and we saw none of it this year. We've seen none of it. And then all of a sudden in Montreal, he just goes off. He starts yelling at the goalie, you know, and then the St. Louis game, he's pissing guys off. Like he thought Bennington was going to take his eyeballs out. He's, you know, it's amazing when he started yelling at the goaltender. What game was that against? Montreal. It, it's the amazing thing is immediately I'm watching the game and I saw this and I was thinking someone's going to kill him. Someone's going to kill him because you don't do that. You don't go and chirp the goaltender after you score a goal because there's repercussions to those actions. But the no, problem is not today. There isn't not, not in today's this, game on today's game. And I, and I love the passion. I love that. That's what I want to see out of Jeff Skinner. But you know what? Jeff Skinner probably feels a little bit uncomfortable because 
He's got no one to back him up. I mean, on this uh, team, on this team, if he had, you imagine how much of a dick Jeff Skinner could be if he knew that guys came up to him and just be like, Skinzy, man, you do whatever you got to do. We got your back. Yeah. We're going down a path right now that, uh, you know, and I, I don't give a shit if people want to say, oh my God, why are you talking about going to get this guy? Because I can hear, I can hear them now. But they don't know anything about the dynamic of a team on the ice, a team on the bench, a team in the locker room. They don't. You don't get it. If you don't like what I'm about to say, it's because you don't have a clue. Period. End of story. What building an NHL team is, and not only that, understanding the mindset of teammates when you add certain players to your lineup. But when I saw Ryan Reeves got traded for a fifth-round pick, Either the Sabres didn't know anything about it because I'm sure there are a vast majority of teams that would have liked to jump on that. Or if Chris Drury just called his buddy in Minnesota, you know, Bill Guerin and is like, Hey, Billy, I got to make a move here. I need a roster spot open for somebody else. I'm moving Reeves. Do you want him? I'll give him to you cheap because Ryan Reeves to me is worth every penny of one of those third, uh, second round picks that you have here in Buffalo right now. Uh, I'm not giving a second rounder for Ryan Reeves, but I, I totally understand what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, fine. I don't care if you would give if you wouldn't give a second rounder, Craig. That doesn't mean that I'm wrong. I that's that is how soft the team is, is that I would give one of those third round or second round picks. You have three of them this year for Ryan Reeves. It wouldn't be my own second rounder, because odds are that's going to be a, a, a like a 37, 38 pick overall. Okay, with where the team is at right now. I wouldn't give my second rounder, but I think they also have Philadelphia's and somebody else's second rounder. And I would give one of those so that I would insert him in the lineup and nobody, nobody is going to look at your bench. Nobody is going to run your goalie with intent and nobody's going to talk to any of your young players because they know they have a, a guy on the other side that is not just the toughest player in the NHL, and I'm not going to extend it and say he played 12 minutes the other night, but he'll give you an unbelievable seven or eight minutes of ice time. And if, you, if you're up by a few goals, you can put him on more. But they needed this guy. They needed Ryan Reeves. It's better than having Asplund in there. It's better than having Henestrosa. Riley Sheehan uh, is now gone, right? Like, who were your call-ups from the minors? Why, why was Riley Sheehan, like, signed in the first place because Did we they not have, watch how shitty he was the first time he was here listen it's an absolute joke well well the reason why he was signed speaks to the lack of um depth that the team has in the minors period he they signed him i read lance like house uh column yesterday in the buffalo news yep and 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 he without saying it if you if you can read between the lines, you, you they signed him and who was the other guy they signed to bring up? Uh, Bjork is now in the minors up and down. They wanted to have um, NHL caliber call ups. They wanted to have NHL caliber call ups. Well, he, here's my f- problem with this: you should have gone out in the off season and signed NHL caliber players for your roster now and put your Krebs. Put your Quinn, who got off. I know he scored two goals the other night, but he got off to a slow start. And you yeah. can put Paterka up and down in the minors as much as you want because they're on entry level deals. 
And if one of them sticks, fine. But you have nobody to call up from, from Rochester. There's nobody there to call up. No offense to the guys in Rochester. I'm not saying, I'm saying that makes this team that you put him in the lineup and the team doesn't miss a beat. So I think that's what they were hoping with Riley Sheehan. And I can understand it because he's a former first round pick and he's played, I don't know, four or 500 games in the league. So I understand the mindset of it, just not the right players. But the problem is you need those players in Buffalo now so that when it comes time with injuries, you can call up the young kids. Shouldn't have to start the season with four or five rookies. Yeah. Again, it, it, um, go back to building the team. Like when, when is this, when is the right time? Because I mean, there's never been a right time in the last, you know, I don't even know how many years, like a decade. They haven't made the playoffs in 11 years. This year will probably be 12. But at what point in time does this, this management group start to say, we need to start to make the team. We need to build around our young players. The young players are going to still play. Okay. They're still going to garner their ice time and their opportunity because they're great players. Okay. But at what point in time do you start to make this team better? And this is the first time, like going back to the Jacob Chick Chickren piece. This is the first time that I have thought to myself in my head, Kevin Adams is looking to improve his hockey team. I'm going to tell you when you watch Jeff Skinner and you watch um, Thompson and Tuck play, when you watch Owen Power, Samuelson, Yoki Haru, um, and Rasmus Dahlin, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, do we have some nice players? And then you look at Cousins, who is only 21. He's a friggin' kid, man, but he's playing better. You look at Quinn, you look at Paterka, that that line in the last couple games. They look fantastic and they're just kids. They're just kids. But how do you start to build around those players? How are you starting to build in your third and fourth lines? And you're maybe adding another defense to make this team better. Where are the areas that you can start to say, okay, I'm going to bring guys I'd be in looking to bolster your, your up front before my back end. I mean, I'll always take a defenseman, but it's, you know, I mean, don't just do it to make a move. Don't just do it because I think the owner's kids went to school with the guy in, in Boca Raton. You know what I mean? I think that's I, I, I totally get it. But I, I, for me, I think they do need to make a, a, a move on defense. Like I think, like, listen, Jacob Bryson is a very, very good defenseman. He is an NHL defenseman. There is no question about it. Just not on this team. You understand that? Do you the understand thing, what I'm saying? The only thing I'm that a makes big me fan nervous of Jacob about Bryson. The only thing that makes me nervous about Chicken is the last thing I'll say, and then I want to talk about actually how the team has been playing the last few games. Um, is his health? That's it. I'm. I, I'm. I've. I've. I don't. I don't question his capabilities or his his skill level. I mean, he was a first round pick. I, I get all that, but I. I just. I worry about giving up, not the moon, but you give up a lot for a guy that has had a, a, a long list of injuries over the years. So that's the only, that's the only question I have is he, if he's healthy and these issues aren't going to be reoccurring and slowing down the team. And then, you know, you got to put these same guys in there anyway, well then make the move. But 
I don't know who else who else can make a move for a guy like that right now. If you look around the league with where teams are at in the salary cap, and that's what makes Buffalo, Buffalo you know, has uh, so much. They're so in a, they much. have a major advantage. They have a major advantage with the with the pieces they've had and the the picks that they have acquired and the money that they have available in their salary cap to go out and get players. So it'll be interesting. What happened Friday night? Do you think big game? We haven't talked since the St. Louis game. They 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 shit kicked Montreal, which was unbelievable. Okay, and we chose to maybe just let that marinate. We didn't want to get too excited after that game. It was Montreal. They should have well beat because them anyway. they're we've been roasting them because they're on an eight game losing streak and they're like just incredibly non-existent they were soft on plays they didn't they didn't have enough players playing the right way that are going to win you hockey games and when you look at the schedule moving forward it's just like oh man i mean it's just every game seems to be tough seem to be tough games st louis game didn't seem tough that was the one we thought would be tough because st louis had completely turned it around by that point well they absolutely st louis st louis were seven game winning streak. They had been completely on fire and turned around their season. And you know, the 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 Sabres again, once again played exceptionally well. I mean, they played the game well at both ends of the ice. They got great goaltending um and 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 playing a team, St. Louis has played really, really well as of late. And, you know, the Sabres just played the proper way. I was hoping they were going to win Friday night's game. I thought that would have been, that might have been a mega step for the team. And I'm not even disappointed that they lost the game because it's the Devils and the Devils have been beating everybody. They have been beating every single team in the league they lost a game recently, I think, right? And they their streak was put to a halt. But I mean, they got right back on it. Well, they had th- they, they they lost to Toronto Maple Leafs. They right. had three, three goals yeah. overturned in that game. That's now, when the water bottles now, started coming now, down. Again, you can sit there and say, you know, and, and cry about it. But Lindy Ruff didn't cry about it. They were goals that were that were overturned because they weren't goals. Guys were offsides. This, that, and the other. Um, but New Jersey is 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 a team that went from one of the worst teams in the league to now is I think everybody's still waiting for New Jersey to falter. They're still waiting for this team to crumble in some capacity. Because when you sit there and you like, I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you have, but go on the site and look at their lineup. I mean, it's not, they're, they're not household names here. It's not like you're sitting there saying this is the Tampa Bay lightning that are loaded with all this pedigree. And could you even name me their top two defensemen on the team? Well, I could, I'm looking at it right now. A vast majority of people couldn't because they're not your headmans and the guys that Tampa Bay had, like who yeah. they had, uh, the, the guy from the Rangers there, the captain that, that came in oh, McDonough McDonough. Was he no, moved? He, he got, got traded, traded to yeah, got uh, traded. Nashville. They don't have those guys. They have Dougie Hamilton. Like, who's John Marino? John Marino was traded. He was actually a really nice player. He was traded from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right-handed shot defenseman. Solid puck mover. Going to be your secondary um, power play guy. He's a nice player. He got traded for 
a small little whippersnapper. I can't remember his uh, his name, but uh, it was actually a solid trade for 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 both teams. I'm surprised that the teams made the trade to begin with, but um, you know Dan Marino is a nice or uh, Dan Marino. John Marino <laughs> is a is a nice is a nice player. He's a nice all around player. Moves the puck very well. I think another great trade they move was for that uh, Ryan Graves. Like I'm looking at their defense right now. It is Ryan nuts. Graves was an unbelievable pickup from the Colorado Avalanche. That was that's so these are the trades that I love. Okay. We're talking six five, two hundred and twenty pounds. He skates exceptionally well. He plays the game like he's not he's not a fighter, but he is a physical. He's a physical player. He plays the game the right way. Love, love his style. Love his style of play. He is a major, major reason why New Jersey, because they won that trade. He's he's a player that has made this team better. Okay. When you look at when you look at the 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 firepower that they have up front with Jack Hughes and Jasper Bratt, Nico Heischer's playing exceptionally well this year. Thomas Tatar has played awesome. Uh, Dawson Mercier is is another guy who was drafted. What was he drafted overall? He was drafted really high. He's 18th overall in 2020. Okay, 18th overall in 2020. I mean, he is now on the team, getting things done. But they have their back end. the The Miles Wood, McLeod, um, Eric Halla, the guys that are playing. A more they have a different role than the top two lines, and the way they play is extremely hard to play against. Bastion's another one, but these are all got they're hitting, they're scouting, they're hitting on uh, on fourth rounders like this. Sharon Govich, Sharon Govich was a, a fifth rounder in 2018. You know he's from Belarus. Yeah. You know he's but, a fifth. But rounder. again, yes, what is for, Lindy Ruff? Yes, he goes and Bratt picks up was a six rounder. What about like Brandon Smith? Veteran defenseman right up Lindy's alley. Big, physical, mean type defenseman that plays honest defensive hockey. And that's exactly what Lindy wants. He wants big, strong, physical defenders. You you look at Graves. He's a very big, strong, physical defender. Uh, John Marino was, was brought in. He is He's a really... Um, solid two-way type player, probably a more aggressive Yoki Haru. He's basically Yoki Haru, but a little bit more aggressive. Um, then you also Dougie Hamilton, who's six foot five. Yeah, and then you also have Damian Severin. Damian Severson. Severson, he's been there forever too. Six two, he's two hundred and five pounds. He he's another guy that moves the puck well. Last year, last year he had eleven goals and forty six points. Okay, this year he's got five points in twenty two games. But I'm sure he's happy because of the success of the team. They've all bought into Lindy Ruff's style. They have they have six defense that are all big. They all play with physicality. This is a really, really strong defense core. You look okay, at the so, forwards. They so, have a great so makeup of forwards. They're all big and they all play with physicality. I think that makes a massive difference. That make that, that makes a ma- massive difference. So I wasn't disappointed that the Sabres lost to the Devils because they've been rolling everybody. And then yes. tonight they have Tampa Bay. 
you know, so it's like, where does it, where does it really turn for this team? I mean, that, uh, that game against the devils, that's a massive, that could have been a massive game for them. And then they have a tough one tonight. And it's just, you look and you think like, where is it going to turn for this team? Well, go tell me, go tell me, um, the, 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 the Sabres next five games. Do you have that? I have it right in front of me tonight. They played Tampa Bay and then they are in Detroit on Wednesday. And then they are home to Colorado on Thursday. Okay. Hold on. So they play Tampa Bay. Yep. That have basically got their shit together. That are a very, very difficult team to play against. Then they, then they go to Detroit, a team that has found themselves. That is, that is really played some great hockey. Okay. Another team that is very much like the Sabres. Okay. They have some younger players, but the difference with Detroit is what did they do this year? They went and acquired a couple pieces, right? Yeah. David Perron was one. Um, uh, uh, cop was, was another, these are, these are guys that play a more, they're still skilled players, but they play with some grit and some grind to their hockey game. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they traded last year in the middle of the year for that Oscar Sundquist from St. Louis. Yep. Big, big fourth. He's, he's more of a fourth, uh, fourth line player, but he plays big. He's very big, very strong, plays a solid two-way game. Guess who else they got this year that's having a hell of a year that's sneaky and no one even talks about? Forward or D? Forward. Oh, they, they went and picked up Ben Sherratt. Okay, who else did they get? Dominic Kubalik from Chicago. Oh. Like, how about that one? He's got 21 points in 20 games. Like, Steve Eiserman is not only in the Hall of Fame already as a player, he's going to be in there as a builder too because he built Tampa Bay, and now he's rebuilding Detroit. He goes and drafts uh, uh, who's the the rookie there, um, that rookie of the year on defense last year, Maurice Sider. They Maurice, drafted him yeah, and, Sider. and absolutely shocked the draft when they drafted him, if you recall. Well, I remember when they drafted him. Everybody was like, who when the we were fuck watching is this guy? What are they yeah. doing drafting him? Rookie of the year. Yeah. So anyway, you were talking about Detroit. So then they have Detroit and Colorado back-to-back. So they go to Detroit on Wednesday, then they play home to Colorado on Thursday, and then they have San Jose. That's four games, and then they have a couple games in between, and then they go to Columbus. That rounds out their next five games. So not easy by by any stretch. No, I'm going to look past the Tampa Bay game because anything that happens tonight against Tampa Bay, you know, win or lose, is... You know what? I can ex- I can see it going either way. I mean, the Sabers. I don't know what the hell they have uh, on a nightly basis. So they could come <laughs> out and they could come out and score eight goals against Tampa Bay, or they could get blown out seven one. I don't know which one it could be. Right. So why do, why do you think the Sabers are 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 like that? Why do you think that they're in that situation? That youth and goaltending. Youth and goaltending. That's it. So at what point do you start to add some more older players to the lineup? Can you not identify what your core is right now as, as, as a young group, like on defense, you pretty much know Samuelson power, Yoki Haru and Darlene 
are staples in this lineup. They are, they're all under the age of what, 22, 23. This is super, super crazy young defense core. Now, is it beneficial to bring in a 24 year old Jacob Bryson? Or I mean, uh, Jacob Chikrin? Is that the move that this team needs? Another top four defenseman? A guy that plays power play, does that mean that you're taking away opportunity from Owen Power on the power play? That's your department, man. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I just don't think you need Jacob Chikrin. I think it'd be nice to have him. I just don't think you need him. Well, well at four point six million dollars, he is desirable. He is he's a twenty-four year old player that I think needs a change from the desert. Okay. He's been in a horse shit. Uh, organization and team for a long time. And he's going to come to Buffalo who has been pretty shit themselves, but I think are really, really going in the right direction and have a lot of very, very positive pieces. I think Jacob Chikrin, would he be a guy that is going to make this, this defense core and this team a better team? And I would say, yes, I think, I think he would. That being said, there needs to be change on the forward line. There has to be change on the forward line. You want to go and make a move with Arizona? Go and get Lawson Krause. Go and get a guy who is different than every single forward on the Buffalo Sabres. He's different than every single one of them. He can kill penalties. He, he plays on the second power play. He is a big, solid skater physical presence and he will fight for his teammates. He he would be a great pickup. You know why why is Minnesota need another why do they need Ryan Reeves when they already have Marcus Felino, you know, uh Jordan Greenway? Like why do they need Ryan Reeves? Why do some teams for some reason value a certain style of player, but the Buffalo Sabres do not value that style of player. And, and, and we've, and we've lost out of the playoffs for 11 years and we're still continuing to play the same type of players, like 12 of them. The other night we watched, uh, Vancouver at Las Vegas, uh, for the Sportsnet player cast. We did that game together. What happened when it was 5-1? Do you remember? We had a heated debate on the show about, about a hit by uh, Joshua. Joshua hit somebody, and then all of a sudden, Keegan Colasar comes in. And you and I had a battle live on the air about whether or not those types of hits should be responded to, right? A good, yep. clean hit, 5-1 game. Why does Joshua have to fight Keegan Colasar, who's one of the toughest players in the league. Keegan Colasar fight will fight anybody. And he, he he has the ability to fight anybody. And Joshua's yep. not a not a uh not a uh uh a guy to avoid all that stuff either, right? He'll he'll engage in that. Yeah, he's obviously. a big he's a big kid, he's a physical kid, made made a body check. Um you have a five one game and you have Keegan uh Colasar that that stepped up. Whether, whether it's the, whether, whether Joseph was it Joseph, right? Yes. No, Joshua, Joshua, sorry. Whether Joshua has to step up is one thing, but he did step up. Okay. He did have a fight. He did 
take care of the business, which is part of hockey. Okay. The point that I have is this number one in that argument, you had a player on, on the Vegas golden Knights that did step up and, and, and try and maybe change or alter something in the game. Okay. He's a big, Kevin Kolslar is a big, physical, aggressive player that can skate like the wind, and he he knows exactly what style of game. When there was a when there was a hit made, whether it was clean or not, he stepped up to basically make a statement to the Vancouver. If you're going to hit my players, you're going to have to answer the bell. So what happens is there's some players on the Vancouver bench that are sitting there going, "Shit, man! If I make a body check, I might have to fight." So I'm not going to make the body check and it happens. It does happen. That's why Colasar did this. But what I like about you have Joshua who stepped up, fought a really tough guy in this league, went to the box. Did you see what happened after? This is a team that is kicking ass right now in Vancouver. This is a team that lost seven games in a row to start their season and now have turned things around and have played exceptionally well. Did you see what happened when he got out of the box? Uh, yeah, weren't all the players standing up on the bench, banging They're on the boards? They're freaking and, yeah. losing it. When was the last time you saw that in Buffalo? Last time I told the boys to get up when you fought and they were all sitting on the bench. My point you know to that, that does was, to, you know what that does that does to that team. You know what that does to that team when that young man skates back across the ice. The feeling that he had of number one making a big hit, number two fighting and defending himself and fe- defending the honor of of the Vancouver Canucks team. Pretty sure he had an and, assist in that game too. By the way, yeah, he played very well, but he's also a big. A big, thick, strong kid. He's he's a lot di- he's a lot different hockey player than Elias Pettersson, right? Kind of a different player than Bo Horvat, don't you think? JT Miller, all their skilled guys. They have him because he's big, he's physical, and he's fast, and he also adds to the team because he's a skilled hockey player too. But he plays a different style of game than other players on the team, and that's why I love it. And Ve- but Vegas has a few of these guys though, not not Keaton Colesar's level, but Nicholas Waugh is a pain in the ass to play against. And William, Car- William Carrier is a Huge pain in the pain ass. ass to play against. Keaton Colesar is as tough as they get. Paul Cotter is a pain in the ass to play against. Huge pain in the ass. Braden McNabb is one, is a guy that I think a lot of people probably won't even go near because he's so big, he's played so long, and he's so and powerful. he'd fight at the drop of a hat. He he'll fight anybody. Yep. And he'll wreck anybody with a body check. Zach Whitecloud is not soft. He's no, a, he's not. He's a physical player. Not no. necessarily a fighter, but he's he's a very big kid, plays very physical, okay? Plays on the third pair, but he's big, he's physical, he moves the puck well, he skates well. And his partner, Nicholas Hag, go look at the size of him. His third, third pairing. What's that? Six, he's 6'6". Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. Physical guy, too physical guy, defending guy that can skate and move the puck. That's why they're at the top of the league. 
So they have guys that that have different roles on their team and they do it exceptionally. And well. it adds height and weight to every player. Who else fought that night? You remember? Super heavyweight from Vegas. Fought Connor Garland. Oh, Super my. heavyweight. Remember? Jonathan Marchesso. Marchesso ends up fighting in that game. Two feisty, feisty hockey players. I, I, I give them both credit. No one got hurt. Couple. How can you get hurt? All knuckles. they tried to do was pull each other's shirts over the head. That well, was the, that listen, was... I mean, good for them. Like, no, it was great. All I'm saying is, you you need that. I mean, you want to talk about why Vancouver has taken a turn? It's because of their style of play. We watched them play the Sabers earlier in the year, and they were shit. We've covered them a couple times on the player cast with Sportsnet, and they were not good to watch. And here they yeah. are, completely different. They're playing a different style. They're not trying to skate with every team. They're finishing checks. They're engaged in plays. They're crashing the net. They're playing an, uh, an old, not an old style of game, but they're they're still keeping the integrity of how to win hockey games properly. It, it, there's no, there's there's a there is a recipe to it. It's not a secret. I don't know why people think it's such a secret to think that, yeah, we need all these really fast skilled guys that can cycle the puck that can't penetrate the net because they're, they're so small. You know what I mean? So it just, it just happens that that conversation ties directly back to what we're talking about. It, it ties directly back to when you hear Jacob Chikrin's name, whether he comes to Buffalo or not, it's exciting because it, 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 it makes the first us trade rumor we've heard this year. Yes. I would like to see some movement on the forward line. I like our decor. I like our decor. I think there's one player missing from our defense that could really round out our strong, strong defense core. Okay. Um, I think the goaltending is solid. Okay. It's not game changing. We don't have a, a number one goaltender on this team. We've got... We've got guys that are solid backup players, goldies, and they're, and they're, and they're, they're going to, they're going to make this team competitive, but they're not going to win us hockey games. Okay. The forward line, there has been a lot of fantastic play, a lot of learning, a lot of hiccups, a lot of ups and downs. There is, there is a, there is a clear future in the players that I see playing each and every night on this team. And there's also players that are very, very good hockey players on the Sabres that should just not be on this team. I'm not saying they're not NHLers. I'm not saying that they're shitty hockey players. They are very good hockey players, but they should be on a different team and we should have a different player, a different style player that would make us a, a more rounded team that has an identity. Because this team doesn't have an identity. The, the identity right now is they're super young. They're super, super young. Well, you need to support in every single way those young players. They need to feel super comfortable and confident on the ice. A little swagger to their game. And they're not going to get that from certain other players on this line, on, the, on this team. There needs to be... this The Sabres... When you watch them, you see a lot of incredible play. You see a lot of incredible players. But there needs to be a few changes that would, I think, do wonders, do wonders for this hockey team. Did you see 
Vancouver ended up uh, winning that game against San Jose that we ended up talking about the other night, how they played back-to-back. They played in Vegas, and they had to, then yes. they had to go to San Jose, and they ended up winning that game in overtime. Yes. See who I mean, scored they... again? Your boy, the Russian boy. Yeah, he scored the overtime winner, didn't he? Who's Manko? Where the fuck did this? Who's Who's Manko? Twenty six year old. He's like we were talking on the on the player cast, the Sportsnet player cast, the other night when we were watching the game. He, what is he? The next uh, Atemi Panarin? Is he the uh, next Kirill uh, Kaprizov? Well, if you go look at his last one, got ten two, games three, and twenty one points right now. Last five. Six games, he has two, four, five, eight, ten points in his last six games. And he has, uh, what's he have on the season you just said? What? Ten? I think he has 21 points. I think he has 10 goals, 21 points. Last night, but, was, his, last night was his 11th goal. Now, now you have, to, you have to realize something. I don't care. Um, he's 26. He's, well, he, he went from the KHL, playing in the KHL his entire life. And being a very good player, he played for St. Petersburg, which is ultimately the top team in, in Russia every single year. Um, he needed a little bit of time to to get acclimated to the NHL style. So the first number of games, which if you if you think about it, the Vancouver Canucks lost seven games in a row. This player that came over from the KHL was probably like, what the hell did I get myself into here? But you know what? The team has turned things around. They have a very good, they have a solid team. You're, you called it. You called it at the start of the year that you really like the Vancouver Canucks. And I think you were like behind the scenes, you were telling me, I I can't understand how this team is playing so poorly. Yeah. I, I but you know I, what? They've turned things around. They're getting the output from, from their top guys. Bo Horvat again, I'll say it again. Like it's irritating to me a little bit that every single time you have a player like this that goes into unrestricted free agency, he always has a career year. And he's going to elevate himself into probably more money than what he deserves. Someone better be pay attention to what they're doing when they sign him. Sorry, but I mean, don't pay him as a 50 goal scorer. Can't pay him as a 50 goal what's scorer. He, I'm just, what's I'm he just have? Looking. He has 17 right now? 17, yeah. Who's leading the league in goals? Jason Robertson. Jason has, Robertson, 18 Jason Robertson, goals. 18, Bo Horvat, 17, and McDavid, 16. Holy shit. I read an article that uh, Connor McDavid is leading the uh projections for the heart you know with the quarter mark i think jason robertson from the dallas stars is certainly opening some eyes and getting some votes and and we all knew that jason robertson is is a is a pretty special player he had a hell of a year last year with i think uh 40 40 goals 41 goals pd yeah yeah but I mean, this guy's only, this is his third year in the league. He has 35 points in 22 games, 18 goals. If the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs and Bo Horvat finishes with 45, 50 goals, he's yeah. got to be up there as a, and I don't think McDavid should just get it. 
like, why do we just give it to McDavid? I don't understand this. Like you just said, if, if, if the, you know, if Dallas, the Dallas stars are going to make the playoffs, they're in a great spot right now. They're first yep. in their division. Okay. Yeah. So if they, if they make the playoffs, Jason Robertson should absolutely be massively considered for the Hart Trophy. Like, you know, you look at Edmonton again, wild card number one. They're in a terrible division. I don't think the Pacific Division is that good. You know, so he's, it's no surprise that you have the two best players in the league on one team and, and they're going to get a ton of points and make the playoffs. I just think it's, I just think it's too easy. You need to have another award. You need to have a league MVP and then your heart trophy. Cause the definition of the heart trophy doesn't always, doesn't always mean McDavid. It doesn't, it doesn't always mean McDavid most valuable player to your team. Well, fuck, obviously is he though, or is dry the most valuable player to that team? Cause McDavid couldn't do it alone. I understand that, but come on, man. When you go and watch every single game, like I, I watch, what? I, I, I watch too much there every single game. Do you know how many times he, I've watched? Do you know he is times so he's so dominant. He is so dynamic. It is completely off the chart. I am not criticizing his game one bit, but do you know how many times? Again, we we do the player cast. How many times have we done Ed, Edmonton? Three games already. Three games. I think there were two of them. And then take the Rangers game for an example the other day where they were down three nothing. Take the first game of the season when they were down three nothing to Vancouver. I mean, they came back and scored. McDavid had a hat trick. I think he had four or five points. He literally has been invisible at, until 10 minutes left in the game. And then boom, boom. And he's he's on the board for two, three points, and the game's over. They win. You know, like you notice him when he's out there because he's McDavid. Nobody skates like he does. Nobody moves like he does. So, but I'm talking about from the standpoint of creating chances. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's thrown it to the front of the net. It's off a skate or he throws it from the boards and it's in the net. He has highlight real goals. I get it. Yeah. But there are nights where he is not always engaged. And then all of a sudden he just decides to flick it on because the game's down by a cup or the team's down yeah. by a couple. Is he, is he not engaged or is he basically just have players that, that do video that scout him, know every single tendency that he does. They, they try and stack five players that play against him to defend him every single time he's on the ice. Like the, the only the only thing that the other team does is to defend against Connor McDavid. Because if you if you can defend and take away most of the opportunities for Connor McDavid, because you're never going to shut him down. He's it's impossible. But you're going to have a much, and I mean much better chance to win because Edmonton Oilers, their their um depth is shit on Edmonton. Yeah. Like it is terrible. Yep. Well, games are on the league tonight. We already talked about Tampa Bay at Buffalo. You have Vegas at Columbus and you want to see some fans lose their shit. Watch if they, if the, if the Rangers lose to the devils tonight at MSG, the rain, the Rangers are a bit on a bit of a slide here. They're not performing the way I think their fans are expecting them to, or anybody for that matter. I had them pegged for for going to the finals out of the East, but they lose tonight against the Rangers at home. There are going to be some pissed off fans. You got an original six matchup with Toronto at Detroit, Dallas at St. Louis, and the Florida Panthers at Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. Thomas Vanek, anything else to add? Um, yeah, I got one more thing to add Fired because out, I think it? this uh, team needs needs some praise. 
Do not look up, look it up. Look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Who's the hottest team in the league right now? Well, it was St. Louis. I don't know. Seattle? This this team. Damn it. You're too good. Seattle right now sits six in the NHL. Six with 29 points. Now, the Islanders, Toronto Maple Leafs, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are sitting five, four, and three, all have two more games played than Seattle. So in the Western Conference right now, Vegas is number one. Vegas Golden Knights are number one with 33 points, 23 games played. They're 16, six, and one. Seattle Kraken in 21 games have 13 wins, five losses, three overtime losses for 29 points. Like, we're talking absolutely amazing. And I just, you know, again, how how do they do it? That's their, it's their division. It? I mean, you know, like the, their last, uh, their last, so they beat Anaheim 5-4 on Sunday. They beat Vegas 4-2 on Friday. They beat San Jose 8-5 on Wednesday, then they had three days, then they beat LA three, two, you know, that's, that's against their division. Their last four games, one, two, their last four games have been their division. They've won all four. I don't think that division is as strong as we are giving it credit for. You know, I, I, I have to, I I really have to go and look and dissect, but I'm going to look at it right now. While I have you on the phone, (laughs) you have, they Vegas lost to Vancouver. They lost to Seattle. Then they beat Vancouver 5-4. Then they lost to Edmonton 4-3. You know, they beat Arizona. Big deal. They lost to San Jose. These are all recent games in their division, you know? Um, they beat Anaheim in October. Big deal. They beat San Jose in October. Everybody was. They beat Arizona. That was an exhibition game. They beat Seattle the second game of the season. They lost to Calgary. You know, I mean, I just don't, I just don't think that. I, I don't want to take anything away from it. I just, you are, you're, 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 listen, you just named San Jose and you just named Arizona and Arizona and San Jose are beating top teams in the league. That's why, that's why I think, you know, when you, 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 you tell me that McDavid's a heart trophy Look at all these teams in the division. Uh, here are the Canucks. They beat San Jose, their division. They beat Vegas, their division. Great win against Colorado. Lost against Vegas. Beat LA 4-1. Um, beat Anaheim uh, 8-5. Beat Seattle. Lost to Edmonton, and that's when their season started. They That, that home opener against Edmonton. or that, They were on the road, actually. So, I don't know. Pacific Division, man. Keep an eye on it. I think it's the weakest division. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.